Namaste, and welcome to the Modern Mystic Podcast, where we are exploring the mystical in the mundane and the magic in the present moment, bringing you ancient tools and technologies into modern day living, yoga, mythic, and healing conversations with expert and visionary powerhouses sharing their stories and secrets with you to help you live an inspired life. My name is Kilkenny, the host of the Modern Mystic Podcast. When I was a kid, I heard the phrase, if you stare at your third eye long enough, it will open for you. And I just thought this was a fascinating idea, and I still do. So I wanted to share with you today this notion, which truly encapsulates the quintessential energy of the sixth chakra, known as Ajna Chakra. The sixth chakra, the throat chakra, is colloquially and commonly referred to as your third eye as it lives behind the space between your eyebrows in the region of the pineal gland in the forehead center. The pineal gland, for those of you who don't know, is a pea-sized shaped gland which is sometimes considered mysterious in the Western world. It's a little elusive And when we get up into these chakras that are higher within our physical and energetic bodies, the energy and psychology and psycho-spiritual understandings are more of the intangible realms, which, of course, affect our tangible realms, but they have to do with the more esoteric aspects of life for sure. So the pineal gland in Western medicine, what they do know about it is that it produces and regulates hormones such as melatonin. As many people know, because a lot of people suffer from insomnia, it's such a significant challenge for so many in our modern day, fast paced, stressed out age. And melatonin production is important for regular sleep cycles and our circadian rhythms. So working to balance this chakra can help with this. And of course, sleep is one of those more mysterious realms for sure. The entire chakra system, which is made up of seven spinning wheels of energy called chakras at the intersectionality of our bodies, physically, of our energetic bodies, and our psyches. So if you haven't heard yet my intro to chakras, the rainbow bridge inside of you episode 16, definitely give that episode a listen as I've gotten a lot of great feedback about that episode and a lot of people telling me they had a lot of aha moments because I go into depth about the energetic and physical architecture of the chakra system in a really accessible way. So within our bodies, there are three main rivers, if you will, of energy. Our main energy flows, it's said, in the Indian slash yogic tradition, three main rivers. And these rivers, so to speak, of energy are said to crisscross one another in our bodies and flow from the base root chakra, the muladhar, and there's an episode just on that root chakra, and These rivers make their way up through the chakras, just like we in this podcast chakra series of conversations have been making our way from the base root chakra 
up to the upper level chakras in the higher part of our being. These three rivers of energy that reflect the conversations we've been having are called in Sanskrit, the ancient yoga language, the Ida is one, the Pingala is the second, and the Shashumna is the third. And the Ida is associated with the divine feminine lunar energies within our selves, bodies, psyches. The Pingala is associated with the more solar, masculine energies within ourselves, souls, psyches, bodies. And the Shashumna river or flow of energy is in the center, reflected in our spinal column, that vertical energy. And so these three, like any strong, important knot, end up making a weaving, like a rope, and converge from the root chakra up through the other chakras into this land of Ajna. And they meet there in the sixth chakra. So they start in the first chakra and make this beautiful weaving up to the third eye chakra. And so this chakra is a powerful point of confluence where these three main energy flows merge into then one stream of consciousness. And when they unify here, they flow up to the seventh Sahasra chakra. Parenthetically, in India, the lineage from which the chakra system comes from, it is said that these three nadis or rivers of energy within the body are represented in the outer three rivers in the country of India. And so I wish to honor this. They're called the Ganga, associated with the Ida, the lunar feminine within the body. The Jamuna River, which is associated with the Pingala flow of energy within our body, the masculine, more solar energy. And the Sarasvati River, which is a subterranean current associated with the Shashumna Nadi, Nadi meaning stream or flow of energy within our body. And so it's interesting to know many Indian cultures hold that every 12 years at a time when the sun is in Aquarius, if one takes a dip at the literal confluence of these aforementioned rivers in India, one is purified and a door, it said, opens up to take you to the next spiritual and psychological level. The understanding is once that door gateway opens up, then we have more command over our life. And so one of the mystical and really naturalistic understandings is the axiom, as above, so below, as outside, so inside. And so when we focus and bring our attention, which is really one of our most powerful currencies, right? Our attention. Do we think of our attention that way? And if not, I invite you to do so, right? Your attention, where you're placing it, is one of your most valuable currencies like your health. And so when we bring our attention to this point where our energies converge and focus on it, we too become purified, meaning we can release that which is not in alignment with our most authentic and highest selves and when we do this, 
doorways and gateways open to us in the way of our perceptions, in the way of our memories, our imaginations, and our abilities of perception. Those things unify and become clear. And then we can really see with command the reality of everything. Khalil Gibran, who wrote the most exquisite book called The Prophet, said, Trust the dreams, for hidden in them is the gate to eternity. And this chakra is the gateway to eternity, a.k.a. the seventh chakra, whose episode will be coming out soon after this one. So this sixth chakra is almost like, I think of it, the bouncer chakra at a bar or restaurant, so to speak. And if it's open and in balance, you can enter the seventh chakra of transcendence. You're allowed to enter and fully imbibe and experience that most etheric and expansive blissful realm of enlightenment, of higher power, of dancing truly with the divine. But this third eye chakra is the gatekeeper, is the command center, so to speak. And one of the translations of this chakra is the verb to command. So figuring out how to open its gate through trusting, as the writer says, our dreams and our senses of perception, these more elusive realms for some of us by believing they exist and knowing it is possible to connect to them. Trust the dreams, for hidden in them is the gateway to eternity. And so I invite you now to consider what is your relationship in this moment with your intuition? What is your level of engagement with your imagination? How is your memory and how are your recall capacities? How is your sleep going and what is your dream life like? Now, don't get stressed out if any of these or really all of these aforementioned topics for you feel challenging. Take a deep breath if that's the case. Some of us, they feel exciting. But because the truth is, is that our modern societies and structures don't emphasize these things over other things as having a high value. We don't show up for job interviews or even go to dinner parties and have people ask us, how's the development of your intuition going? Or have you been practicing techniques that grow your imagination lately, right? That's what I would love to hear people talking about all the time, but this isn't the case. And most likely why you are here listening to this podcast is to hear more about these overwhelmingly unacknowledged things as well, but they're very important aspects of being human and stepping into our full wholeness and our complete potentiality. Furthermore, our society actually sends us messages subliminally and not so subliminally to prioritize work over sleep, and folks often get rewarded for this. Burning the candle at both ends, so to speak, is glorified 
as is the malaise of busyness in our society. Yet, if we improve our memories, if we were well-rested, think about it, if we developed our imaginations and learned to think more symbolically and heighten our visualization skills, we would all be healthier and more productive in our respective careers and lives. So the sixth chakra is about developing our senses of perception, even if we think we suck at them. Because when we do, insights and the recognition of patterns, which leads to deep wisdom and profound experiences of all the realms available to us as human beings, open up to us. And you live life like someone let the gate open for sure as you begin to trust in yourself even more and in your dream. So as I mentioned, this chakra lives and interfaces in the physical body, in our foreheads, as the third eye, in the space between the eyebrows. So I invite you right now, if it's safe to do so and it feels comfortable to do so, Gently take a finger and begin to just very sweetly rub with one finger this third eye center just to activate and bring your awareness, that currency you have to it. And you can breathe into it a little bit. Sense into it a little bit more and feel into the space, subtle. But there are these eyebrows, and with the space between them, there is a sensitivity there, naturally, physically. As I mentioned, this chakra is about perception and our command and ability to perceive. And its basic right is to simply see, to see what's really going on, to see the big picture, so to speak. There's a Sanskrit word I love called upeksha, and it literally translates as eagle eye. To have the eagle vision, it's used a lot as well in many Buddhist traditions, and it's about that ability, like a camera, when you focus on either an image or in a movie, right? You can pull back, pull back, and you see the broader, more macro perspective. And this chakra has to do with that for sure. It's about seeing on all levels of reality. And when we're told what we see is not real, or when we have intuitions about things and are given the messages that those are not real, then this can inhibit and cause imbalances in this chakra as children and as adults. Psychologically, it is about intuition and imagination, those two eyes that I love so much, right? When we've got the one eye of intuition and the other eye of imagination, then that third eye will open up for you. <laughs> the element associated with this chakra is light, for it's illuminative. And the color associated with this chakra is indigo, so that bluish purple color that's subtle and beautiful. In childhood development, this chakra becomes active and grows during adolescence. 
Adolescence, right, is all about our ability to recognize patterns and when that capacity really increases and then apply them to life. So, you know, the teenagers often get interested in clothing and the structures and webs within their social spheres. And so this is all about the patterns, if you think about that and contemplate that. There's often a dawning interest in either spirituality or esoteric questions like, who am I? Why am I here? Right. And that's why often the teenage times can feel angsty and challenging because those really deeper burgeoning questions of the dark night of the soul, so to speak, arise for the first time often. There could be a dawning interest in mythology, symbolism, and all these things really cause a psycho-spiritual maturation that, if supported and nurtured, leads to self-reflection. As we develop our chakras, and I've mentioned this in all the episodes, what happens is we develop them at some point during childhood, and then we become adults, and then we begin to work and develop them into the adult level once again. And in the adult realm, it's really a lot about having satisfied and come into harmony with one's extroverted urges and the turning towards wanting to have more profound inner development and the richness of our interior lives and the exploration of them. So sometimes that looks like travel. Sometimes that looks like a renewed study of inner path. Sometimes that's the beginning of leaving the traditions that we were indoctrinated as kids spiritually and claiming our own or a deepening of those and a reflection and then a rerouting into them in ways that feel true to us. It could be taking development workshops, teacher trainings, all situations and circumstances that like a mirror reflect back to us the patterns within our minds, hearts, psyches, and again, can have to do with mythology, philosophy, developing one's intuition, and even becoming interested in one's dreams as an adult and studying those. Our dreamland can be such a source of information and such a way to really understand our shadows and a gateway into past life regressions and our child work. And so many jewels are hidden in our dreams. The chakra challenge, I like to call it, is illusion. And the understanding illusion often is birthed from a sense of separateness, from a sense of not seeing connections, right? Not seeing the underlying architecture of the divine, the underlying humanity within one another, and not seeing ourselves from a holistic perspective, even how our bodies, minds, and hearts work in tandem and really are one in this life. So when we focus on the other a lot, worrying about what others think, worrying about how others perceive us, instead of becoming more established in what's called the witness state, then this chakra, right, is out of balance for sure. Traumas for this chakra are things that stress it and precipitate imbalance. As I alluded to before, our 
when you're told what you see isn't going with what you know or experience. So an invalidation, if you will, of intuition and even psychic occurrences, something like a very frightening war zone or environment would also affect this chakra. And when we would have an excess, like too much energy ramped up within this chakra is what an excess means, it would cause an imbalance in the way of hallucinations, obsessions, nightmares, difficulty concentrating, and a lot of delusion. In honor of healing in excess, things that would support that would be Visual stimulation of things that feel nourishing and beautiful, say traversing an art gallery, meditation, and psychotherapy in a supported environment with a professional working with memory, working with trauma, things like integrating the right and left halves of the body because this chakra, as I mentioned, works with the three rivers of energy and two of those, the Ida and Pingala, are really associated with the right and left halves of our body. And so when we can work with things like tapping, aka emotional freedom technique, yoga even, and integrate the right and left halves of the brain and create these synapses, this is very healing for trauma and this chakra where the energies converge when we bring right and left sides of our energy and our brains together. Walks in beautiful places, particularly in nature. And exploring dreams. Hypnosis for a lot of people with excess of this chakra can be really, really profound as are guided visualizations. And if we have a deficiency in this chakra, or not quite ideal amount of energy, then this would be reflected as poor memory, even not so good vision, or a lack of an imagination or difficulty planning the future. Poor dream recall, like just not being able to remember the dreams, which is a common thing I know for a lot of people, or a real challenge visualizing. Extreme denial in moment-to-moment -moment life or about bigger challenges in life. Because then when we're in denial in significant ways, right, we're not really able to see the big picture and what's going on. If we're monopolarized, like we think there's only one way and it's that way, myopic vision is also a symptom of a deficiency in this chakra. And so to heal this chakra... One could consider starting to really watch the world closely and study patterns. Pay attention to light, color, and sound. Listen to one's heartbeat. Follow one's breath. Maybe go stargazing. Maybe go to an art museum as well. <laughs> Going to any kind of workshops or retreats where the bigger picture of life is being contemplated and even fine art like coloring and drawing or writing in a journal every day can really support helping to increase energy and alignment in this chakra even getting support having someone help you manage some of the day-to-day -day matters to you 
So you can have time to practice developing your intuition when you're walking down the streets or when the stakes are low, like what cup of tea should I have? Practicing pausing and feeling into your own body and seeing how your intuition communicates with you. Some of us might sense, like just have a feeling. Some of us, our intuition is downloaded by visuals and we can see certain things, like just have vague images of something. Some of us might be more audio oriented. And so we just hear, it might even be your own voice in your mind's eye that you're hearing, but you get messages through hearing. And so something I'd encourage everyone to do is when the stakes are low, when the the choices aren't big deals, start to really tune into how you get information from your inner GPS. And then as you do, start to pay more and more attention to how that stream flows in. If you're an audio person, then start to really listen a lot more and pay attention and develop it like a muscle until it becomes bigger stakes things and then you can hear it. With these deficiencies, there are similar, the panacea in some ways as the excesses, more for this chakra than some other ones because the creative visual art is so supportive. Meditation is so supportive. And psychotherapy, again, working with memory, working with these traumas, integrating right and left, dream therapy, and you can even keep a journal underneath your bed. Keep somewhere to write close to you so you don't have to get out of your dream temple and make it a practice. Even if you don't think you dream, you'd be surprised. So many people and clients I've worked with when I've encouraged them to do this actually come to me and say, oh, I've actually been dreaming. I just didn't realize it because so often you know, we get out of bed and start the day in a 180 miles per hour kind of way with the things we have to do. And if we don't get out of bed and just take a sacred pause and slowly emerge from the dreamland, that nano pause, all of a sudden you'll get a download and you can just jot even a few words down and build upon that as a practice. And you'll be amazed at how that opens doorways and gateways in your mind and in your life. (laughs) The plant medicine for this chakra is lavender, sage, rosemary. So if you feel like you might have a block, an imbalance of excess, a deficiency, you're just not sure, but the things and topics I'm mentioning feel far away to you, or you're really great at being intuitive and your imagination is fabulous and runs wild, but you want to take it to that next level, breathe in lavender, sweet essential oils. Or if it's safe and comfortable for you to do so, you can use this as smoke medicine. You know, burn them safely in a room where you are and breathe them in that way. Saturday and the planet Saturn, which is all about structures, boundaries, tradition like a gate. I talked about this chakra as being a gate, right? And the gate can be closed or the gate can be open. And when it's open, we're in command. But even a gate has a structure. It has a fence around it holding it up. And so it's an interesting contemplation that Saturday and the planet Saturn are associated with it, that planet that has the ring around it. And so 
it's a shout out to how it's still important for us to develop and balance the quote unquote lower chakras, the chakras that are really embedded into this physical gross level world. And then our upper chakras, the ones that are interfacing and dancing with more of the esoteric philosophical aspects of self are supportive. If we don't have well-developed and really oiled relationships with the lower four chakras, then automatically this chakra will feel out of balance. And so they really are a bridge. And like a bridge, when any piece of the bridge isn't safe and fully tended to, then it affects the entirety of the whole bridge. And so this is part of what the association with Saturn and structure have to do with. This chakra also is associated with Lang Lang, which I love, a beautiful plant medicine. And the rocks that are associated with it are opal, azurite, which, by the way, is indigo colored, <laughs> and lapis lazuli. The Indian male deity Krishna, his name is, who's an embodiment of the divine masculine energy, is associated with this chakra. And he is very magical in his energy. And so you can Google him or look him up if you're not familiar with it. Um, and he's also a little mischievous in mythology when he's a child particularly. So he's a little bit of a wizard and really is a, a type of magician. And so it speaks to this notion of keeping oneself light. He's always playing pranks on people, but then those pranks, quote unquote, end up showing them their true power and revealing the true mysteries of the universe and of life. And his skin, ironically too, is blue-ish, like that, almost like a shout out to that indigo skin color. It's a darkish blue. Krishna. So... Another thing one can do to work with this chakra and create more balance is drawing mandalas. In Sanskrit, mandala means circle. And they're geometric designed that used as a tool can access deeper levels of consciousness. And so you can look these up. There are coloring books on these. And you could even find one for each chakra and work with one of the seven chakras in the way of balance with every chakra, but doing this coloring and visualization work with this chakra, since it has to do with seeing, is very healing and very profound. I invite you right now to listen to these Ajna chakra thoughts and check in with yourself and about this chakra health for you. If you have any of the following sentiments, I frequently have headaches. I have a hard time feeling like I get spiritual signs, answers, guidance. A lot of it seems muddled to me. It's really challenging. It feels impossible to see my life any differently than it is right now. And I feel like nothing will ever change. If any of those statements resonate with you, on a deep level or feel like they're your truth on a day-to-day -day level of life, then that's just a sign that 
Working with this chakra could be very profound for you. Words are so powerful. And so now I'm going to offer some affirmations in the way of supporting healing and wholeness, balance and serenity in this chakra. So you're welcome to silently repeat after me, or you can simply write one or all of these downs and contemplate them during your week to come. With clarity, I see all things. I open myself to the wisdom within. I can manifest my vision. I let my imagination run free. I trust my intuition at all times. The Ajna Chakra is symbolized by a two-petaled lotus. And according to the yoga tradition, it is pale in color, like a rainy day or like the beautiful silver whitish moon. And it said it's actually the color is intangible, like a lot of the qualities of it. And this is reflected in that color. And two petals, it's said to inhabit it, represent the divine feminine energies and attributes of this world, of this cosmos, and of ourselves, known as Shakti. And the other petal is the divine masculine elements and qualities within and without in this world and within ourselves called Shiva. And these two aspects, like I mentioned earlier on, correlate to the sun and the moon. The moon considered feminine in this tradition and the sun considered masculine. And the ways that when we integrate those energies within ourselves, illumination happens, perspective happens, true seeing happens, and our powers that are superhero truly, when we activate and engage with them, when we dance in relationship with them, such as our imagination, like luminaries, Einstein, and so many visionaries knew was paramount in the creation of things and in the evolution of humankind. Within the artistic rendition of this chakra in this two-petaled flower, which is considered a lotus flower, is a perfectly round circle, which symbolizes shunya, this concept that appears in the yogic traditions and various Eastern traditions, such as Buddhism, which represent the void or the dark, velvety realm of magic, of intuition, and the deepest knowing. And within that circle, there's an inverted triangle. 
And that, again, represents this Shakti, this feminine, creative energy. And above the triangle is a black called Shiva Lingam. That's that masculine energy. And some people think of it as like a phallic symbol, and that's one way to interpret it. Another esoteric understanding is this symbol is your astral body. And according to various traditions, one of them, Tantra Yoga, which is one that I am schooled in and study, the astral body is connected to your personality in this life. And so that symbol is connected to our personalities. And depending upon if that personality is refined, and I used the word purified earlier, many esoteric and ancient, accessible Eastern traditions hold that purification isn't our more modern Western understanding, rightfully so, of this like puritanical background and the implications of that astringent, limited way of thinking and living. But purification is really a celebrated word, and it, it really can be synonymous with refinement and evolution of one's own consciousness. And it's said that our personalities associated with our astral body can be less refined, quote-unquote not purified, and murky. And then when we work with this chakra and we work with our alignment, with our own knowing of self, our own interaction with our world, the own refinement and working through our karmas in this world, then our ajna becomes awakened, balanced, and the fickleness of the individual mind starts to disperse. And the subtle intelligence or higher perception known as the buddhi, the aspect of the mind that has this elevated perspective that does not mistake the forest for the trees that has that eagle vision of true perspective the bigger things that most of us know right life is a gift being here each moment is a blessing each of us have so many things that are filled with love such abundance and such wildly good fortune but as humans, it's normal and natural we forget. So we practice remembering. And when we practice remembering these things that are true, it's not that the challenges are minimized. It's not that the hardships go away. But we get that lens-like clarity. Like when we go to take a picture and it's fuzzy and then we hit the center of the phone and then it becomes crystal clear what we're focusing on, it's the same thing when we can do our practices, our rituals, our grounding, our psychological work, our spiritual practices, then this buddhi and this refined perception opens up because it's said the mind and our understanding is at a certain level of purification. And then we can be, like the name of this chakra, the commander of our lives. We can really be in charge of our destinies and 
really how we feel in our moment-to-moment, day-to-day experience. And this is the value of connecting to your sixth chakra. So take a moment now, and I welcome you to, if it's comfortable and safe to do so, pause. If you're driving and it's not, you can simply listen to my words and take them in. Ajna, command, remembrance that you are in charge of your perception and your perspective. And so that attention, one of your greatest currencies, turn it to this third eye center. And if you feel moved and it's safe, you can close the eyes or you can simply stare at a point in front of you and breathe. Feel the earth beneath you and your connection and support to it and of it. Notice that for a moment. And then bring your awareness all the way up from that which is touching the earth in your lower body up through your spine, threading your awareness into the right half of your body and feel and then the left half of your body and feel both halves rising up, weaving and coming together in and up to this third eye center point. The space between your eyebrows, breathe into it. And then start to contemplate what would it feel like if you pulled your attention back a little bit into the space of the witness. This is called Shambhavi Mudra, the stance of the witness. And so with each breath, as you inhale, almost like you're sipping into a straw, sustainable, of course, metal, and as if the opening was in the space between your eyebrows, that third eye, take a breath in and sip air and feel it pull the energy back towards the back crown of your head. And then on the exhale, simply keep the energy there. And then on the next inhale, take another sip of breath in through the third eye. And then once again, hold it to the back of the crown. And do this a few times. The only thing right now to do is to breathe. And as you breathe, pulling air and awareness, for you are the commander of your attention. And that attention right now is directed towards pulling breath and energy from the front of the head up into the back. And that's all there is to do. If the mind wanders and thoughts come, it's not a problem. The second you notice your thinking, you're already back to the practice. And then begin again and draw the energy from the third eye and pull it back. And you can start to distinguish the feeling perhaps when the thoughts and energy is more forward in the front of your brain and skull and how you can gently, sweetly 
and compassionately draw it back. Take two more breaths in doing so. If your eyes are closed, very gently open the eyelids a crack and close them. And then open them a few more times like that sweetly and close them. But keep practicing keeping this Shambhavi Mudra, this witness space, stance in your head. And pull the gaze and focus back and energy to the space behind the eyes. And if the eyes are open, become acutely aware of your intention to do just that. Pull your gaze and focus your energy to the space behind your eyes and stare at a point in front of you. If you stare at your third eye long enough, it will open for you. (laughs) This phrase that I heard as a kid, I now know to be true. Truly, anecdotally, as a kid, like a lot of kids, I actually didn't visualize particularly well, and I didn't think symbolically. These things often associated with young people, and then as teens, often a lot of folks lose these abilities. But with committed practice, slowly over time, I have developed the ability to see all sorts of things, unseen as well as seen, and really attribute all of my practices and my work with the chakras to this. For as I get older, I simply see more and more. So, dear one, start slowly. Trust your intuition a little bit at a time. Like I alluded to earlier, make up a little game or exercise to do so when the stakes aren't high. Put three rocks on the floor and then say to someone, okay, pick a rock. And before they do, guess which one they're going to pick. Things like that. Games. Make it fun. Keep it light. If you feel your intuition tell you subtly, don't go this way. Go that way. Don't rent this movie. Rent that one. Really honor it. Maybe take a week and commit to every time you hear your intuition that no matter what, no matter how small the choice seems, no matter if your mind overrides, oh, but when I go to rent this movie, someone told me to rent the other movie. No, listen to your intuition for a whole week and watch your life and the way you feel about life really transform. When you go to choose an entree or some product at the store, explore in your being, what does a yes feel like in your body? And what does a no feel like? Hold some produce and play. Does this tomato feel right? Or does that tomato feel right? And really start to learn in your body, what is the yes? What is the no? And then honor them both. As I said before, get a dream journal, tuck it under your bed at night or a journal where you meditate and write down after meditation, not just dreams, whatever comes to you directly in the aftermath of these experiences. Even if you feel like they were non-events, usually a word or a quality will come up, an experience of being in our emotions and our psyches. Consider tracking them, noticing patterns of them. There's so much hidden, underlying within our lives to recognize and within nature 
as well. So study, go outside the patterns of the flowers, study the patterns of the trees, anything in nature that makes your heart leap, study its patterns, the light that bounces on the water that I like to call water light. And this too can unlock gateways within our minds, within our bodies, and within our hearts when we notice these subtle patterns. If you're really into the physical body, study the Fibonacci sequence, this amazing mathematical patterning that appears in flowers and appears in the proportions of our body that the great artists like Michelangelo learned. Trust in what you notice, dear one. Trust what you see, not only with your outer eyes, but with your inner eye as well. Then, trust the dreams, for hidden in them is the gate to eternity. And if you open all of your eyes, all three, <laughs> then the whole world reveals its magnificent secrets to you, and you realize you are one of them. Thank you so much for taking these words in. I'm so grateful to have your ears on my words and may they open up your third eye. So much love to you, dear one. Many blessings. Namaste. Thank you for taking these words in. I hope they ground, inform, and inspire you on your journey of the mystic path. If you like what you heard, please write me a review on whichever platform you are listening. Also, check out my exciting Patreon page at patreon.com slash modernmysticlove, where I offer all sorts of uplifting yoga classes, meditation classes, and other amazing offerings from my guests on this podcast to all my incredible supporters. Even folks who donate at the $5 a month level are so appreciated as every cent helps this busy mama of three. Or check out my website, modernmystic.love, where you can purchase yoga videos of all levels with me, ranging from gentle yoga up through advanced asana and also meditation videos there. Keep on meeting the present moment where the magic lives, one breath at a time. Namaste.